Hi, good morning, good morning, how are you? This is Brenda Shoshana with the next episode of our podcast, Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And welcome to the podcast, welcome to the day, welcome to the morning. Um, I'm happy to be here with you and I thank you so much for joining us. Uh, The name of the podcast for today is a little different. The podcast is called The One Who Walks Alone. Walking alone, what does that mean? Actually being alone is something so many of us actually fear. Last thing we want. We're all wanting friends, companions, fun, wonderful conversation, especially particularly it seems in the summertime. We're traveling, we're a little freer, we're a little more open. It's fun to have companions to go places with. We all also want someone to hear us and to know us. We want to be known. We want to be touched. We want to touch another. And this is all very healthy, normal, and fine. It's good. And there are natural desires. And when these desires are fulfilled, they can certainly open our hearts and our mind. And yet, and yet... (laughs) Popping out of the world of Zen comes this incredible koan, who is the one who walks alone? Who? Who is she or he? And what does this even mean? And why must we finally, ultimately, one day meet up with this one who walks alone? So naturally, this is a koan, as we've discussed in the other podcast, which is a question, a Zen question, that cannot be answered rationally. It has to be answered by dwelling with it, living with it, being it, really allowing it to enter our being and to work on us. So what does it mean? And being alone, as I said, most everybody will is a condition that most of us really will do anything to avoid. It may feel like being unwanted, being lonely, being in pain, maybe a misfit, someone who doesn't fit in. But that's not what we're referring to here, not at all. In Zen, the one who walks alone is elusive. They cannot be caught or understood in the usual way. Have they rejected society? Why are they alone? Has society rejected them? (laughs) And again, the answer to that is no. No. Are they someone who drifts aimlessly along? No. Again, in fact, no. In fact, the one who walks alone, they may even have companions. They may be living right next door to you with a large family, doing whatever has been given to them to do in this lifetime. However, they live differently. When with others, they do not follow the crowd. They do not imitate or fall prey to easy answers. That's something that's so common among all of us, wanting to fit in, wanting to belong. But this person has no need to belong, to identify themselves with this or that group. Somehow they're free. They identify, they belong to something much, much larger. 
As my teacher Soen Roshi once said, Oh, I am a member of the universe. Belong to something much larger than this or that group. This one who walks alone, they stand on their own two feet. They breathe, as we say in Zen, through their own nostrils. And they respond from their own heart to the moment as the moment arises. They're not living in a set ideology of some kind. They're not out to prove something. They're not out to put someone else down. They respond from their own heart to the moment as it arises. They don't take on the responses and views of others. So again, we're talking about imitation, living an imitation life. Instead, they, they really give, live the life that is given to them. And I love that phrase, the life that is given to them, to us, to me, to you. We're all given different lives. And we're given the same life, but it's different. There are different aspects, different challenges, different relationships, different dreams. Sometimes we're living somebody else's dream. That's pretty common, actually. Because we're afraid to meet the one who walks alone. This one who walks alone isn't going to be comparing themselves with others either. They don't define themselves by putting themselves up and putting someone else down, or putting themselves down and putting themselves up. They're they're not into that kind of lifestyle. That's not how they find who they are. Instead, they see each being as who they are, and they give them room to be such. I love the phrase, they grant each person their beingness, including themselves. Somehow, they give themselves room too to know and to explore this great life that they have been granted and to live from the heart of their unique particular truth. Well, someone you may ask, well, my goodness, but aren't they lonely? Aren't they forlorn? I mean, if, if they're just living out of their own inner sense of, of well-being and truth and self, aren't they separate? No, 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 no. The, the one who walks alone cannot be lonely. Why? Because somehow they have not abandoned themselves. This is such an important point. Where many of us think, oh my goodness, this one abandoned me, that one abandoned me. Well, I'm not wanted by this one or that one. But this goes a little deeper. Usually that kind of loneliness comes when we have abandoned ourselves. And we seek others to fill up that loneliness. But the one who walks alone means the one who has not abandoned themselves. They're not looking for praise or blame. That means nothing to them anymore. Instead, they're filled with the joy. And it is joyful. It is fulfilling. It is healing. They're filled with the joy of their own true nature, their own true light. They're filled with the joy of just being who they are moment by moment, day by day. So when we say alone, 
It's the opposite of being separated from all. Actually, when you're really truly one with your own inner self, you cannot help but be one with all. And a sense of abandonment and a sense of loneliness just dissolves like boom, like a little dewdrop of water on a hot stove. Boom. So I, in a sense, this question of the one who walks alone is talking about loneliness and emptiness and this fear we have of being alone and trying to fill it up with relationships, with activities. Fill it up, fill it up, always trying to fill it up somehow. And yet, when we stop trying to fill it up <laughs> and we are with ourselves, with whatever arises, ah, then the true companion comes. I love that. I love that concept that the one who walks alone and the true companion are one. They're the same. So this, I would like to actually, you know, as I like to do in all of the podcasts, I would like to give you a little exercise because I love to take these teachings, these beautiful, beautiful, universal and powerful teachings, simple, the two, they're very simple, <clears throat> excuse me, which is so wonderful. I call it the power of simple moments. <laughs> so simple. And, and I like to take that simplicity right into our lives and live it and then feel the great beauty of it. You know, in Zen, we let go of complications. Let go, let go, let go. And we do it by being just extremely present to this one moment, to this one day, to this one person. And as we do so, the one who walks alone emerges. They just emerge. They appear. They join us. So let's take a little exercise, which I think would be very useful as we listen to these podcasts, useful to actually live it. So for a minute, stop and notice the ways in which you try to fit in or to gain acceptance and approval. No blaming is involved here. No judgment of yourself or anyone else, because we all do that. That is how we're wired, so it's fine. Just notice it. <coughs> Excuse me. Just notice the ways in which you do that. It, and then also notice, is there some kind of a price you're paying for this? Is there a part of yourself that goes unheard and unexperienced? Maybe even disowned? You know, so many parts of ourselves are hidden and disowned due to our craving to be just like everyone else, to be accepted, to fit in. So just for a few moments or a few hours or for a day or two, can you dare to be different, <laughs> to be who you really are? Can you speak your true heart or how you truly experience or see something and listen within for your own life direction? You know, that is the essence of Zen, listening within, discovering, being awake and aware, and being willing to be surprised. Just take a few moments to consider this. Consider how your life might open if you were able or if you were willing, actually. It's not even able, we're all able. It's simply your willingness. If you were willing to listen to the deeper 
call from within. I love that concept, the call from within. You know, we're all being addressed every day, daily, maybe every moment. But we don't hear it because our attention is somewhere else. Busy, 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 doing, thinking, planning. And that's all fine, but let's take a few moments to listen for the call. We think we have to make everything happen. You know, it's up to us. And if it, we don't do everything and make everything happen, maybe everything will fall apart. That's a very normal and common fear. <clears throat> but let me read you a little poem as we close our talk for today. Sitting quietly and doing nothing. <laughs> Spring comes and the grass grows by itself. Not only does the grass grow, but your life grows. Your life evolves. Your life blooms. Sitting quietly and doing nothing, letting go of all the endless effort, just being, just listening, just making friends with the one who walks alone. So thank you very, very much for being here today. <clears throat> it's always wonderful to talk to all of you. And to receive your replies, please come join us on my website, um, zenwisdomtoday.com, or let me know what you're thinking and feeling. I've been getting so many really meaningful responses, and I love that. And I will answer you. You can also reach me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. Uh, we just had a wonderful workshop on Zen and the Course in Miracles, and on September 5th, on a Wednesday evening for two hours, I'm going to do a workshop, an introductory workshop for a program entitled Zen and Judaism. I like to combine these teachings with many other pathways, and I want to show the healing and unifying power of scripture and of Judaism, and if this is an interfaith, multi-faith program for everyone, no conflict, nobody turned away. Once again, it will be offered at the Society for Jewish Science, which is a beautiful townhouse on 39th Street, 109 East 39th Street. We'll do sitting, and we'll integrate it with our lives and with some of the wonderful teachings, the universal, powerful, healing teachings, so that our lives can bloom, and that our hearts can open, and our life can be made brand new. Thanks again for listening, and I'll be back next week with a little more. In the meantime, you have a wonderful, wonderful day and a wonderful week as you walk with others and also alone. <laughs>